Gun-Free South Africa is instituting a class action against the SEPs for deaths and injuries allegedly resulting from corrupt and negligent firearms management. The organization says it has given notice to Police Minister Becky Tele of class action proceedings in which damages will be sought from the minister arising from the deaths and injuries due to the actions of specifically senior police official uh, Christian Prinslow and David Naidu. We speak to the organization's director, Adile Kirsten. Adile, thank you very much for your time and welcome to Radio Islam International. Uh, good afternoon, Habib, and hello to your listeners. Some shocking stats coming through. I mean, uh, 2,000 plus guns sold uh, in an impromptu way and uh, 1,000 deaths resulting as a result of this. It's, it's a very uh, gruesome picture that uh, one gets from here. Uh, it is. It's a reminder, you know, of the kind of devastating impact that uh, easy availability of guns has on uh, communities and on families. Mm. Now, now, how did all of this take place? I mean, 2,000 guns sold to gang leaders in Cape Flats. Um and you see police or senior police officials uh, being part of the whole syndicate and the crime uh, that is taking place. How is this all taking place under police watch? Well, there are a number of issues, I guess, to highlight. The one is that there are uh, global standards that most countries adopt with regard to securing what's called their stockpiles. Uh, so the weapons that were stolen were in the state armory in Silverton, uh, ready for destruction. Uh, they were earmarked for destruction. And it was at this moment, and it's recognized as uh, one of the sort of most vulnerable times for weapons to move uh, from secure stockpiles back into the illicit market. And it was, I guess, this opportunity that was used by um, two corrupt police officials to sell, to to steal the weapons, to alter them, and then to sell them on um, to gang leaders in the Western Cape, and then those weapons were used uh, to kill, injure, and and maim, um, you know, several hundred people. So it's it's about a system that has loopholes in it, uh, where they weren't; those loopholes were not closed. Uh, nothing has been done as far as we are aware to necessarily strengthen um, the system. But we clear that this is a, a systemic weakness um, which enabled uh, two cops uh, with you know, negative or bad intention uh, to move the weapons from the legal uh, into the illegal market. And managing your stockpiles uh, ensuring that they don't get into the wrong hands. That's a key responsibility uh, of our state through the police. Hmm. Now, I see that you are concentrating on two senior police officers, uh, Colonel uh, Christian Prinslow and uh, David Naidu. Why these two officers in, 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 in uh, specific? Um, Habib, we not, uh, this case goes back to 2015, 2016. In 2015, um, uh, they were arrested 
uh, Prince who was arrested, he, he was sentenced to uh, jail in 2016. So their case is settled. But it, as a result of the confession from Prince Lou that we have this information that over two and a half thousand guns uh, were stolen. And then the senior officers responsible for Project MP, which found these weapons, did the analysis um, and discovered that all of these guns were altered professionally in the same way. They were professionally cleaned uh, in a very similar manner. Um, led them actually to uh, arrest Prince Lou. And this detail about the manner in which the weapons were professionally cleaned, uh, the number of people who were shot and killed or injured, uh, that comes to light in the Western Cape Labour Court papers of of Major General Severian Jacobs. Um, and it's then that, that Gunfrey begins to, uh, pick this up. We're watching this, this, um, you know, process carefully. This is round about 2017. And when we look at the information, um, that's available and, and, and this is, you know, some of this is a police records and that's on the record in, from court cases. Uh, we begin, uh, to, to consider whether there, you know, whether there is something here for the state to answer to. Um, and, you know, after sort of long discussions, you know, in fact, several years of discussions with other people who've embarked on class actions, uh, talking to uh, legal uh, fraternity about the possibility of, of a successful class action against the state for, uh, you know, for its negligence in securing, uh, its weapons. This is what led Gunfrey to, uh, bring this class action on behalf of, uh, these families. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it kind of goes back, uh, almost 10 years, but it's, it's now, the focus is now on the ministry for its failure. Uh, to put in place a system that would make sure that people like Prince Lou couldn't sell these weapons onwards. So it's not about those two individuals. Uh, and in fact, it's not even about the current police minister. It's, it's bringing this issue to the, to the door of the state and saying, you have a responsibility here where you failed to secure weapons which were under your, um, control and resulting in the death and injury of hundreds of, of people, mainly young people. Um, so it's, it's bringing, bringing it to the state and holding them accountable and holding them accountable in, in, in two ways. One is ensuring that they put in place systems that improve control so that this doesn't happen again uh, and holding them to account that they then pay compensation uh, to these families who've suffered this extraordinary loss. Now, we understand that this litigation is expected to take time. Uh, when do we see it yeah. going to court and what's the time frame we're looking at in terms of all of this? So, Habib, by, by law, we have to give a notice to... 
to uh, the Minister of Police and, of course, the National Police Commissioner. Uh, we have to give them 60 days notice that we are going to uh, apply for certification in the Western Cape High Court. So we did that almost two weeks ago. So it would mean that by the end of April, early May, we will approach the High Court uh, to launch the certification. And all, all that means is that there's a hearing where we present our case. Uh, so we will obviously have a founding affidavit. We have several expert witnesses, including ballistics um, and kind of epidemiological uh, expert witness statements to say that we have a strong case uh, to show that there's a direct link between these guns that were stolen and smuggled into the hands of criminals. Um, and then uh, the court then makes a decision whether we do have a case and from then we'll set a trial date. So that's a critical next step for us uh, in, in, in the next two months. And once that happens, then the state is required obviously uh, to uh, respond with its own uh, responding affidavit, etc., and it can then it can take years. If we look at the silicosis case, it took almost ten years from the moment of certification right to to when the case was closed. Um, so we we're hoping we don't have to wait that long. Uh, class action is a relatively new um, kind of legal or, or, or way of holding the state to account in this country. Um, so, you know, we, we also still learning about how uh, some of this, this works, but we are confident that we have a very strong case um, and expect that uh, we will be able to launch um, in, in, in the next uh, two or three months. And then we have to wait for the trial date. And then, yeah, then, you know, then <laughs> depends on, there can be lots of delays. The state can say they need more time. Uh, we might need more time for, for papers, et cetera. Um, but we would expect to get a trial date uh, certainly this year. Mm. Thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated on Radio Islam International. Thanks, happy. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.